friends and welcome to week four of Isolation. It's the Kings of Anglia podcast from our self-isolation stations once again. My name is Mark Heath. I'm your host. I'm in my dining room slash conservatory. Faces of the franchise are all with me. The three wise men. I'm going to start with you, Roscoe, this time. Producer Ross, Hutchie Hogan, Dr. Stuart Watson taking time off the wards to be with you today. Boys, how are we? It's now week four of Isolation, I think it is. Um, the days have kind of blended into one. I'm not really sure which day it is. My diet's all over the shop. I'm eating like it's Christmas Day every day. Um, but how are you? Roscoe, how are you? Very well. Very well. I'm trying to keep myself occupied and getting exercise in, fresh air and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. But uh, four weeks has it been? Jeez. I think it's week four. I think this is the, the fourth week. We last recorded a podcast three weeks ago on this day, um, in the, actually in the studio. Um, and it's, I think it, this is the fourth week. The third week of official lockdown, I think. But anyway, Roscoe, how's your how's your um, your spare room office going? That that Sasha cleared for you so nicely. Uh it's a mess again, but you know, <laughs> we're still dumping things in here. But it's it's actually really nice in here. It's more it's more enclosed. I yeah. feel. <laughs> do, you feel, do you feel it? It helps your your mental space in there. You, when you're in there, you're working. When you're not yeah. in there, not working that kind yeah of. i've got i've got no distractions i've only got the window outside to look out and the yeah. piano so i haven't got no tv or anything so how's the I piano going uh i haven't played it since i played it on the first day we did pod so cool. that will be my plan this week it's the weekend coming up my friend you've got four yeah. days to learn how to get down on the ivories yeah that's what i'll do actually hogan how are you very good I've got a cinnamon candle burning. Oh, scent is in the air. Relaxed, looking down my garden again. I think I think cinnamon would be top five all time in smells for me. Yeah, cinnamon cinnamon is good. Have you yeah. um, have you had a cereal called Curiously Cinnamon? I haven't, but now I'm intrigued. It's really good. It's also obviously incredibly bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't really matter at the moment so go give that a try yeah that and that followed by some marmite on toast and you're, no. you're then you're cooking <laughs> and dr stuart watson as i say you are um taking a a, a brief break from the wards today how, we should how, pro- can we i think now's probably the time to to drop the whole doctor thing it just doesn't it doesn't seem appropriate at this moment in time no true, true true heroes out there I'm sticking um, with it, my friend. You're my hero. And I'm sitting in my spare room doing this. <laughs> uh, Stewie, we need a rebrand. <laughs> Stewie, because you're sitting in your spare room and I can see books behind you, and I'm always fascinated by the sort of books people have got in their house. Just uh, just whirl around and give us give us top three that you've got behind you there. Uh, what have we got? I can We've see got... Ant Middleton there. Yeah. He's not covered himself in glory throughout all of this, is he? The Middleton brand has taken a bit of the kicking. Uh, we got lots of sports stuff, as you can imagine. We got all the um, Game of Thrones series up there. We've got a bit of uh, Bill Bryson, short history of everything. We've got yeah. Richard Dawkins, The God Delusion. We've got uh, Sebastian Falk's Birdsong. Oh, one of my favourites. Darren Brown, Happy. That's quite a good little self-helpy type book yeah ran out fines oh that's boring uh and then all your usual football stuff joe royal kieran 
Yeah, your football friends. All the classics. Um, all the big ones, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin Kilban, if you're interested. If you're interested so. So. Wow. wow. There you go. Um, boys, before we get into the, the weekly debate part of the show, what a lot of people are going to be in the same, well, in fact, everyone's in the same boat, aren't they now, um, in terms of finding things to do over the weekend. My, what I'm finding thus far is the working week's, are pretty shitty they seem to drag quite a lot um but the weekends i'm absolutely loving isolation weekends because we're doing stuff properly trying to think about things we can do we're cooking we're baking we're doing all sorts yesterday i spent all day pressure washing the garden and now it looks absolutely amazing it looks like new um so just give an insight for the people as to how you're filling your time we'll come on to you in a minute Hutchie, because you're parents and that's a that's a whole nother level of having to fill time but Roscoe what what are you doing at the weekend how are you filling your time uh I've been going on for yeah yeah <laughs> keep it clean keep it clean luckily <laughs> um luckily Sasha is off at the moment because she's um had to go in self-isolation because she had some symptoms oh no um from her job but um she's she's fine she had mild symptoms so it's fine yeah. but um so you know, we've been going out for like you know our walks Luckily in Kesgrave there is no forestry area, so there's no one really about, which is fantastic. Yeah. So we spend you know a good hour, two hours just walking and just chilling, really enjoying the sunshine. Um, but indoors in terms is basically binge watching Netflix, pretty much. I watched that Tiger King documentary series. Um, it was immense. very good. It's mental, crazy, murder mystery. Yeah. That I'll that just... Carol that Carol Baskin killed like. It is her wife. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, that's no the only spoiler I'm going to tell you. She definitely killed. Um, it's her husband, wasn't it? Husband, yeah. Fed him to a that tiger. Sounds like quite a big spoiler. <laughs> uh, that isn't part of the story, though, but it, yeah, anyway. But yeah, I've been watching, yeah. And I'll, sleeping a lot. Yeah, of course. It's important yeah. you get your sleep. I watched the first um, couple of Tiger Kings yesterday, and as you say, it is batshit, isn't it? Yeah. Getting more into that. Um, let's talk about me very briefly. Uh, as I said, I pressure washed the uh, the garden yesterday. <laughs> it looks it looks incredible. Uh, it looks like new. We've been doing a lot of cooking and baking. We bake. I did the uh, cheese scones. We did chocolate muffins, and we did homemade pizza on Saturday. We're also ploughing through some classic films. We watched Leon or Leon. Have you seen that? That's an amazing film. Um, rewatched that yesterday. Also drinking like a mad Egypt. I've got to, got to confess. Um, need to cut that down. Uh, as I say, I'm still very much in the uh, in the Christmas vibe. It feels like. Um, but luckily, getting some exercise in and also building the home gym. I've ordered an ab roller and a slam ball for the home gym, so that's coming along nicely. I definitely need to exercise given my diet at the moment. Um, so that's what I'm doing, uh, boys. You are parents, which makes it even harder. I'd imagine, and also more taxing on the mental health with a little person running around 100 miles all, all, the, t- all the time. Um, Hutchie, your, your daughter is a bit younger. You were telling us before we started recording, she's uh, she's watching Frozen downstairs with her mum at the moment. How yep, are you yep. filling, filling your time with a, a little toddler? Is she a toddler technically now? Yep. yep. Yeah, she's two in a couple of weeks. Yep. So what are you doing? How are you filling your time with her? Um... Charging around the house. I've got. Yeah. In, I've put a tent up indoors. <laughs> uh, lots of time in the garden. Um, yeah. Whatever keeps her 
occupied for 15 minutes, then then we go again. Yeah. Is she? Um, obviously, I know nothing about children at that age. Are they are they supercharged all the time? Do they sleep a lot? What's the what's the vibe? Um, no, well, she she doesn't sleep in the day, so um, not not generally anyway. So yeah, supercharged. I love the idea of a tent in the house. By the way, that's something I might replicate just for the shits and gigs. How have you built that tent? Is it is it? Are we talking a, a traditional construction? No, no. No, it's just a little child's pop-up tent. Oh, you've actually bought a tent. I see. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. Little, like little circus tent. Yeah. Does Tiger get in there? Uh, he's feeling very sorry for himself. He, well, and enjoying. Oh, in our bedroom, it catches a lot of sun during the day, so he's just rolling around on there, um, catching some rays. But he doesn't like the fact that Jessica's around a lot because um, <laughs> this is normally his. His domain, yeah, but not not so much anymore. Apologies if you heard that. I'm just going to turn off my emails because it. I think that's going to come up, isn't it, on the on the audio? Stewie, you have um, is she three now? Are you? Yeah, nearly four. Nearly four. So she's at a different stage. I'd imagine also a testing stage. How are you? How are you keeping her occupied? You and your wife. Hearing you and Ross describe your isolation experience, yeah, feels feels me. Uh, with bitterness, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Certainly, being a parent during these times is uh, is a very different experience. It's uh, it's full on. Yeah. She's starting to. Uh, she's too young to sort of. You know, we've obviously not explained anything about what the situation is. We just said it's a it's the school holidays, but she's starting to ask when she's going back into nursery and wondering why she's not seen her friends for a while. So, mm. filling the hours, they can be they can be long days, and I've got nothing but praise for my wife who's doing the sort of monday to friday stretch at the moment because uh yeah. she claire went to work for one day over the weekend and uh yeah one one day enough just the, the two of us i love it but it's also um it's hard work the days are long yeah i was gonna say um obviously boys you are very much used to working at weekends and this time you're getting now with your kids and, and that kind of stuff is it that is, a, I mean, that's something you'd never normally get. So that must be a nice thing. I'm certainly enjoying spending a lot more time with my missus and the dog. Um, but it must be, uh, uh, as much as I appreciate it, it's difficult and obviously they're, they're super super energetic and stuff. But it must be really nice to be spending this kind of time that you'd never normally get with the, with the family. Yeah, I think I feel a lot more present. I think even when I was at home, I wasn't always as present as I could be when the football season's going on because even when you've been to a game and you come back and you're, you're, you've got it swirling around in your mind about what you've got to write about the next day and, and all stuff like that. So, you, you know, you're, you're a bit more tuned into social media all the time and stuff like that. So it's been, I think for everybody, maybe a small positive to come out of all of this is that maybe everyone slowed down a little bit and hit the reset button which we probably all don't do enough and maybe reconnected with our immediate loved ones a little bit more without mm. getting too deep about it it's true though honestly i'm, I'm really enjoying spending the time with, with the missus like i say and, and doing stuff that maybe we wouldn't normally spending an afternoon cooking and you know thinking about what we're going to watch re-watch you know that kind of stuff doing stuff around the house i'm really enjoying it. it's been really good um should we talk about football mm. before we get into the debate part of the Monday show? We've got a good one coming up today. Um, there was a bit of news over the weekend, town related. Um, our old friend Mick 
lost his job, even when there is no football. Hutchie, can you bring us up to speed on that? Uh, lost his job. I don't know if lost his job is quite quite accurate. I gave it up early. Yeah. He was always his job was to manage Ireland through to the end of Euro 2020, which which now doesn't exist. So uh, they've just accelerated it. And Stephen Kenny, who is the under 21 manager, has um, just taken on the job a couple of months earlier than he would have done. But Mick's, Mick's back on the market, in his words, and he's very keen to work again. Can you see him in another club somewhere? Yeah, definitely. Watch out, Championship. He'll uh, He's coming for someone at some point. Yeah. I mean, he is still a fairly marketable commodity, isn't he, Mick McCarthy? As you say, I would, I would think that certainly someone in the Championship will see him. Someone struggling and think, we'll get Mick in. He's still only, what, 61, isn't he? So he's not old, old. 61. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, still still time ahead for Mr McCarthy, I think. And the other thing I want to mention before we get into the debate section is Owen Garvin, Stuart. You had a good chat with him, and it's gone down really, really well online this morning. Um, just bring folks up to speed. If they've not read that, obviously you can read it. It's in the paper today. It's Monday, um, part one, part two is in Tuesday, and it's all online um, this morning. So go back and read that if you've not. But, Stuart, what, what was Owen like? Owen... It fascinated me because it felt like there was some unanswered questions about why his career finished as early as it did. He'd only just turned 29 when he decided to tear up his contract at Colchester. Still had another year to go on that. It was only ever said sort of personal reasons at the time. That was a couple of years ago. He went back to uh, Ireland and played for St. Patrick's Athletic in, in Dublin. That lasted a year. Then he just hung up his boots for good. So... Um, Gave him a call. Um, he's working for his family insurance company in Dublin. And that was, yeah, it was fascinating speaking to him about why he came to that decision um, when he did to, to give it up. I think um, he strikes me as a bit of a, an overthinker, perhaps um, has a bit of that Irish emotional flair about him. It was very much about, well, I knew that people would think this about me and I knew people would think that about me. And I wasn't in the game for the money. I was in the game to win and, um, him playing for Ipswich was was slightly before my time, but Andy Andy will, will tell you and others will tell you that he, he was a real classy player to watch. Great left foot, could spread the ball around lovely, but probably the one thing that went against him was was a lack of pace. And I, mm. I think he he admits that as the modern game got built more around sort of athletes, pure athletes, that that went against him. And um, yeah, so to to go from winning promotion. To the Premier League with Palace to a couple of loan spells. Suddenly you're in League Two with Colchester and then hanging up his boots was, was an interesting tale to tell. Did he talk about Roy Keane at all? Because obviously they had a bit of a uh, tempestuous relationship, didn't they? Yeah, speaks about Keane in reasonable length in there. Just um, how he personally didn't didn't have a problem with the way sort of Keane would flare up. But um, basically how a lot of the dressing room did. Um, yeah. So that, that's interesting as well. Yeah, good stuff. Go and read it if you've not already. Boys, let's talk debate then. We've done debates the last couple of weeks. We've done best loan player. Um, what did we do last week? Uh, Legends and icons, of course, we've done, which um, which went down pretty well. Today, we're going to do your best town 11. Now, I should stress before we start this, obviously, this is based on the, the players that the guys have actually seen. Clearly, it would be easy to trot out BT and Walk and Muran and Tyson, all that kind of stuff. But 
obviously boys being relatively young still didn't see them actually in their pomp in their glory era um so this will be very much based on on who the boys have seen in their time as uh, reporting town obviously in, and following town as fans in the case of Hutchie and, and Roscoe I think the best way to do it boys is if we do it sequentially through a team so we'll start with goalkeeper then we'll do defense then midfield then strikers and then we'll recap your teams at the end so shall we start with goalkeeper and let's start with young Ross down there because I'd imagine his goalkeeper is going to be an interesting choice. Roscoe, your goalkeeper in your all-time Town eleven. I'm going to go with Kelvin Davis. Okay. Um, that was when I was properly starting to get into watching Town, like 2003, four season. That was when I was I was nine years old, so I was sort of understanding what football was and all that stuff. And I used to, for some reason, I really used to like goalkeepers. Um, and yeah, like Bart, you know, Bart would be in there as well. But mm. just for me, I think Davis for that that period, that two seasons he had with us, both getting in the playoffs, I, I really liked him. So he's uh, my keeper. Okay, Kelvin Davis for Ross Hutchie, your keeper. Uh, Richard Wright, yeah. just just edging out Kelvin Davis actually, mm. um, who was a brilliant goalkeeper to watch, but. The good thing, the great thing about Kelvin Davis is that he came came back into the team after there'd been a few disasters following the departure of Richard Wright and had many of the same characteristics as Wright. Mm. But I think Wright was probably the better goalkeeper in most most areas. Um, he was brilliant, Richard Wright. Fearless, really good at commanding his between his line and his penalty box, which is where a lot of goalkeepers fall down. His mm. kicking was outrageous. Um, handling was great. And he was a local lad as well. So, mm. um, and, and he was in goal throughout a period of, of sustained success, which which always helps. There's going to be a theme to my team, unsurprisingly. Okay. An extraordinary career Richard Wright had, wasn't it? Kind of ups and downs and obviously ending at Man City where he, he was a third yeah. for him. On a good he should have he should have achieved so much more than he did. Yeah, um, for his talent, he got yeah. he got unlucky. He did get unlucky because the move the move to Arsenal was controversial at the time. But I think anyone would have made it. But the, the full ex- expectation was that David Seaman would play one season and then retire. Mm. Um, but he didn't. And he had exactly the same at Everton. He then went to Everton, and then Nigel Martin ended up having a, an Indian summer as well. That it was meant to be. He was coming in to replace Martin, and and um, Martin suddenly found a, another few years from somewhere, and and that was another few years kind of wasted on the bench for Richard. Mm. Okay, so Hutch has gone Richard Wright, Stewie. Who's your keeper? Who's between the sticks for you? And I start with a caveat that yes. my team is going to look appalling on paper compared <laughs> to the rest of the guys because I my first season reporting on Ipswich was um, Jules' first full season, so 2011. 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't grow up an Ipswich fan. I, I didn't watch loads of them before that, so I'm going on that era onwards. Yeah, that's so fine. That, so that's right. where I'm going with, all right? So my yeah. goalkeeper's Bart, quite obviously. Yeah. Well, just to explain, you say obviously, obviously people will know, but what makes Bart your number one? Um, Just the, the highlights, reels of saves during that three-year period where he was winning supporters player of the year mm. you know so, some of them you you watch them back they're they're available on twitter and um 
YouTube and stuff, some of the saves were just just as a pure shot stopper. And I know that always sounds ridiculous when you talk about goalkeepers. He's a good shot stopper. That's what he's paid to do. But the reactions, some of the, the close range reactions were were remarkable from Bart. There are other areas of his game that perhaps um, stopped him making it to the very sort of elite area of the game. I think he's be- he's, he's the best goalkeeper when you're, you're playing in front of a sort of a back four of blockers and, you, you know, there's there's shots coming through the crowd and he can react to them and, and stuff like that. But um, but, but Ger- Gherkin wouldn't be miles behind him, I have to be honest. You know, I think Gherkin's ended up, his reputation has gone down as Bart's went up, which I think is a little unfair. Mick McCarthy was right. There was a time where there was a fag paper between the two of them. And I think Gherkin was, was quite underrated, actually. But mm. yeah, Bart, no doubt. Absolutely. As you say, if you put together a highlight reel of Bart's saves, it would be extraordinary watching. Probably one of the best up there, certainly at the level that he played at. Roscoe, defenders. <clears throat> what are you, what's your, are you, are you, are you playing a back four? What's the deal? Yeah, yeah, back four. Yeah. Um, what my back four, my two centre halves. Yeah. Um, first one is Jason DeVos. Yes, the boss. Big, fan, big big fan of him. Yeah. Uh, then I'm playing him alongside Christoph Bearer. Um, I was going through different defenders and I, I just couldn't really decide on the second choice. Like DeVos was always going to be my number one. Mm. I was a big fan of DeVos, but yeah, Christoph Bearer for. I was never really a big fan of him in terms of his playing style, but he always, for me, he, he always picked up some goals here and there. And that's what I want my defenders to do is to score goals from, from corners. And that's what I thought he did a lot. And um, I was a big fan of his as a character, really, as well. He was a very quiet sort of character, but he was a leader on the pitch. So, big fan of him. And then my full-backs, uh, left-back Aaron Cresswell, once again, as a... As a young lad, because um, I was just turning 13, 14 when he came in, and um, I was just a big fan of him. I just used to love him going going forwards, and he scored some good goals, especially mm. the goal against Crystal Palace. That was a good goal. And then my right back is uh, Fabian Wilness. Ah. I, I saw him, of course, at the end of his career, because um, yeah. I didn't I didn't really start watching town properly until, as I said, 2002, 03, 03, 04. But um, Wilness, so I, I was always a big fan of him. So yeah, my right back. Yeah, that's my back four. That's a solid back four. I love Berra, as you say, like leader of men, proper hard nut, probably the hardest player I can remember in covering town. Um, <clears throat> no Luke Chambers, Roscoe. That's surprising because you, obviously you're noted for your admiration of Luke Chambers. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's your back four, Hutchie. What's your back four looking like? I've done my team. My team is the team that I've enjoyed watching the most. They're, okay. all, they're all very good players, but there might possibly be some slightly better players in their positions. But my this, uh, the, my back four is a right back is Tariko, mm-hmm. centre backs Titus Bramble and Tony Mowbray, and Herman Horidison at left back. And just talk us through the the thinking of that centre half partnership. Bram, Bramble was so exciting to watch when he came to, came through because he he was he was more. He was more than just a centre back. He he was a risk taker. Yeah, didn't always come off, but that made him exciting. And just I think anybody that saw his goal against Sunderland at the start of two thousand two thousand and one, where he just broke broke from the back, ran the length of the pitch, and then put the ball in the back of the net from inside the opposition box. Um, that was that was exciting, and it, it was brilliant to watch. And I'd, I'd love to have seen him alongside Mowbray 
who had retired by that point. Yeah, they wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't have played together. Um, perhaps they maybe played a few minutes the previous season together, but I think having maybe playing alongside Mowbray might have might have helped him out a little bit. But Mowbray Mowbray is my first memory of a proper defender from around sort of ninety seven time. Um, he'd got to he you know his legs weren't quite there when he came to Ipswich, but his mind was. Um, and maybe not quite on the level of Christoph Berrer in terms of losing teeth and headbutting and floor and things like that. But he was as solid as they came. So, yeah, I'll have those two in the middle. Um, Tariko played a lot of football at left back, but he could play right back as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's going to play there. And there's another goal that he scored where he's just charging, charging forward um, from right back and rattled one in off the bar. I like my fullbacks doing that. And then Herman... And his long legs and his big strides, you'd hate to have him running at you. And um, yeah, have a little bit of that as well. Nice. Love the description. Legs had gone, but mine's still there. That's very much probably how I would be reported on now. Hopefully, <laughs> still there anyway. Um, Stewie, <clears throat> you're back four. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Cresswell, Pips, Mings at left yep. back. Just That's about. what I was thinking. It's going to be interesting, that choice. Yeah. Um, Bearer, Warrior, enough said. Other centre-back was a difficult one. I think I'm going to have to put Luke Chambers in there, really. And I know people that will split people's opinion, but I want leaders in my team. I want as many captains in my team as possible. Um, his longevity, everything he's bringing off the field, if we're bringing that into this discussion, that, that all goes into the mix. Yeah, I was toying whether to put Webster in there just as a ball, an extra ball player, but... I don't think we saw the best of Adam Webster during his time at Ipswich. You could see flashes of what he was all about. And we talked about him having Premier League potential, but he kept getting those ankle injuries. I think he, I think his heading of the ball needed to improve at that stage. There were, there were other areas of his game that needed to improve. So I'll go with Chambers. Right back, short of options, aren't I, really, over the decade or so of, of watching Ipswich. Carlos Edwards. Get another captain in there, bit of pace. Yeah. I know it's not his best position, but yeah, I like the the fact that he had pace to get himself out of trouble positionally. I don't know if he if he was the greatest at right back, but he had enough pace to get himself out of danger, and he could bomb forwards, and he could he could get you, he could give you something, and his stamina was ridiculous as yeah. well. I, I wondered if you were going to put the man that you've only seen play nine times in there, Mr. Vincent Young. Uh, yeah, it was. It, the, that's that's how ridiculous it is that I could. <laughs> he would be in the. He would be in the mix. Someone who's played nine times in League One for Ipswich yeah. Town <laughs> is part of that conversation. But um, just the, um, the the other ones was Richard Stearman, who holds a special place in my heart for a thunderous tackle when he came in during that loan spell and Ipswich were battling relegation. I think yeah. it was against Palace at home, and that just shook the ground on which Portman Road stands. So he he's someone, again, would be a good good character. And Johnny Parr, who gets forgotten about, played a lot of games during that playoff mm. season um, at right back, I think, as well. So um, letting him go um, doesn't look great when you look back on it. It didn't feel great at the time when they sort of let him go for, for nothing. Um, there's a few players like that that I think they let go a bit prematurely. Mm. Just talk us through 
for me, the most interesting selection there is Cresswell over Mings. What, for you, sets Cresswell apart, gives him the edge over Mings? Um, it was a, it's a really, it's a real close one. Mings is obviously more of a, a pure athlete. Um, I just loved Cresswell's, the way he caressed the ball, his, his left foot delivery from open play and, and dead balls, the way he could bend the ball, the way he could overlap, underlap. Um, yeah, I think, and it, you see what he's gone on to do to be such a regular with West Ham to get into, um, well, they've both got into England squads, haven't they? But I just think Aaron just about edges it for me. Fair enough. Midfield then, Roscoe, who you got across the park? I'm playing three in midfield. Okay. Um, first up, Luke Hyam. Luke Hyam? I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> he, he, was, he was terrible. Uh, first up is uh, Tom. Tommy Miller. Nice. Love, love Tommy Miller. Scored loads of goals. Never missed a penalty. Never missed a penalty. Uh, good character as well. Loved his celebrations. Um, he'll be playing with Matty Hollands. Although I watched him only really one full season, I was he was my first sort of like boyhood hero growing yeah. up. He was, um, I had Holland at the back of my shirt during that season. And yeah, just a Big fan of him, and of course, Captain Fantastic and all that, and loads of other words for him. Yeah. And then um, it's a, it was a, the the other midfielder was a hard choice because there is a few good choices out there. Um, and I probably will go Jim Magilton because he was, and that you know, once again another leader. When Matt when Matt Holland left, Jim Magilton was then the next leader, and uh, you know, I wasn't re- I was very young when he scored that that hat trick on mm. my first ever game against Bolton, but that that was a great. Great night when I was three yeah, years old. You remember and, uh, well. <laughs> of course, I've watched it back plenty of times and, um, you know, he was the man that night and, um, yeah, great player. Yeah, that's a pretty rock and roll first game to be at as a town fan. That's yeah. the greatest game ever seen at Portman Road and one of the best games ever seen full stop. So you've got Holland, Magilton, and who's the other one? Miller. Miller, Miller. Yeah. OK, so that's, that's your three. Are you playing 4-3-3? Yeah. OK. Hutchie, who have you got in midfield? The exact same three. Is it? Oh, yeah. Outstanding. And for the same, just talk us through your thinking. Um, Holland and Miller are both all-round midfielders, particularly Tommy Miller getting up and, and scoring scoring goals. But Matt Holland could do that too. That was un- underrated. I like all-action midfielders who could do it all. Um, Magilton's the one that I deliberated over I put him in in the end because I think the balance works um there were some other contenders there but um yeah, he could pick a pass and move the ball around the pitch brilliantly so mm. okay Stewie what have you mm. got to offer in midfield um box to box you need you need some you need a blend in midfield so the box to box man the best I've seen granted for quite a short period of time, was Emir Hughes. Yeah. Emir Hughes, during that first loan spell, you know, people got excited about him. He was arriving late in the box. He's a good height. He's got some physicality about him. He got a late goal against Villa. He scored the goal against Newcastle that capped the win on Easter Monday. Um there was a clamour for him to sign. I remember the excitement when he did sign permanently and a bit like the Jimmy Bullard 
mm. feature recently, like really good loan spell, signs permanently, and it and it all goes wrong slightly differently for for Emir because of injuries. And I, I just hope and pray that he can get back anywhere near to to where he was before. Yeah, um, he'd be in there. And then it's a toss up between we're back to the Cole Scoos debate. Well, you know, someone who's played the vast majority of the games that I've watched as Ipswich Town reporter. Again, he's a player's player. He might not set pulses racing, but I think I'd still put him in there for, you know, Cole Scoos at his peak with the right blend of players around him. Mm. I think I've still got to put him in there for that insurance policy. If you had the right creativity and goals around him, I think he adds real value to the team still. And yep. again, I know that that will split people, but I'll, I'll put him in there. I, I, I toyed with someone like Keith Andrews just to add some goals. Um, do you know who the best midfield, all-round midfield performance I've seen for Ipswich Town, I still think is? What, single single game we're talking? Yeah, single game. <laughs> I know who uh, you're going to say. Kevin Foley. What? Kevin Foley against Nottingham <laughs> Forest. I think I gave him a 10 out of 10 possibly that day. Ah. Uh, they beat Forest 1-0 in 2016. Kevin Foley had come in on loan from Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. one, again, one of Mick's old, old favourites. Uh, he was a right-back by trade, but they, they stuck him in central midfield that day, and he was absolutely immense. Obviously never played there again. Yeah. Um, Mick, Mick <laughs> said, no, you're not, no more of that, thank you. Um, but he how was many, How many times have you given in your career as a Ipswich Town? Uh, yeah, count on one hand. I, I, it might have been a nine because I think ten might have been pushing it, but that yeah. was right up there in terms of performances. But he's not in your your side. He's actually. not in the team. No, I'll go with Hughes and Scoos <laughs> as the the two sitters. Okay. Um, do you want to add for? Do you, uh, what, do you want the number ten as well? I'll give you the yeah. number ten. It's a four-two-three-one. Yeah. Two, three, one. yeah. McGoldrick. Goldrick. Yeah. Yeah. Toyed with Bishop and Williams are strong contenders, but David McGoldrick has to play as the, the number 10. Again, yeah, Taylor two halves in terms of his career, but early days, David McGoldrick, the initial loan and the season that followed when he scored 16 goals, I think. Um, and there was the £8 million bid on the table from Leicester. That David McGoldrick, yeah. talismanic, skillful, just not the quickest, but the, just the way the ball is glued to his feet and the body swerve. I love a player that can beat someone just with upper body movement, just the yeah. drop of the shoulders and the, the deception. You know, the, I saw the Maradona documentary recently and, and he was talking about football is a game of deception. Mm. And, and um, McGoldrick was... Uh, the, I saw the clip recently where he, where he left two Norwich players yeah. completely for dead, the way he just kind of managed to spin on a sixpence with the ball sort of glued mm. to outside of the boot, inside of the boot, drop of the shoulders and just leaves people with twisted blood. McGoldrick, in those early days, probably the, the player that I've most enjoyed watching. Yeah. My time. yeah, absolute class. And only obviously looked at what he's gone on to do in the Premier League. Kieran Dyer, even when he was struggling, Kieran Dyer would always tell us, your football friends, Jerry, that McGoldrick was the best player in the Championship, no doubt about it, uh, even when he was struggling. So, yeah. Pure class. Right then, sexy stuff. The sexy end of the pitch. The men who are going to get the goals. Roscoe, who have you got up front? Uh, so my three up front. Yeah. Um, first up is Darren Bent. Yes. I'm going to use him with his pace on one of the flanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what a player he was when he came through. Mm. Um, 
unfortunately, my only player that came through the academy in my team. Tommy Miller somewhat came through. Like, it was, you know, he sort of was schoolboy, then he left, whatever. But, yeah, Darren Bent, once yeah. again, big fan of him when I was a young kid. And then on the left will be Pablo Canago. Yeah. Once again, loved him. Character, scored goals, celebrations, love that. And then my man in the centre up front, who could also play on the wing if needed, um, is John Walters. Okay. Um, big fan of Big John. Yeah. Um, I remember when he signed for his second spell a few years ago, or under Paul Hurst, and um, I, you actually got me to go there and take pictures of him signing, and I was sort of like amazed. So ten years, or ten, you know, just ten years after watching him in the flesh and being such a big fan of him, to actually, yeah. it was sort of like wow, that's a well moment for me. I was a big fan of John Waters, and um, were, you, were you fanboying? Were you like? In a way, in, in, inside I was like, oh my god, this is this is amazing. I'm actually getting yeah. the opportunity to take a picture of John Walters, and um, you know he signed, you know, from Chester. You know he played really well against us in the FA Cup, and you know Magilton then signed him, and um, yeah, big fan of John. Scored a good, good couple of goals, scored that hat trick against Sheffield United. Just a big, big lump sometimes up front, and yeah, I like so him. He's a man in the middle, and you've got Bent and Canago out wide, yeah. Yeah. I love, by the way, I'm sure you saw it last week, Darren Bent sharing his first scouting report at town. Yeah. The, uh, the words, scores goals for fun, but uh, his heading's only average. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I think, Hutcher, you said is still, still was, was, was accurate. Pretty, I, think the whole, I think the whole thing was pretty spot on. Whoever wrote that scouting report did a very good job. Yeah, good stuff. OK, um, Hutchie, who have you got? Who's going to get the goals for Team Hutchie? I'm worried about Pablo Cunago playing on the left, Ross. Mm. I'm concerned about that. He needs to. He need, He needs to be the central man, and he is for me. Who he? I've never seen a player play football the way that Pablo Cunago played football. Mm. It's a unique, unique approach to the game. Back to goal, rolling his shoulders. Stu, you'd have loved him in terms of deception and using his body and feints and rolling, rolling people to to get into positions. He he's brilliant. So I've got him. I've got him in the middle, um, alongside Shefki Kuchi, who is the most fun footballer to watch um, <laughs> that there is. Um, he's the legs, plenty of running, terrorising people. He can finish as well sometimes, um, but there'll, there'll be goals in those two. And then behind them, I've got a player who was horribly underrated, I think, um, for a long time. Um, and I think once he was sold in 2001, you began to see how good he was. And that'd be James, James Scowcroft playing as the link man between midfield and attack. Who yeah, um, yeah. Good feet for a big man. Um, <laughs> and can bring others into the game. He's got a bit of an aerial presence as well. Um, a clever football player. Um, and maybe didn't get the plaudits that he deserved. He, he, was, he was really good to watch. He's my dad, one of my dad's favourites. He used to love watching him and that rubbed off on me too. So a front three of Cucci and Cunyago with Scowcroft kind of in a not overly withdrawn number 10 role. Scoey, yeah, yeah. uh, well, obviously went on a solid career in the Premier League. Uh, I also, he's also a graduate of my school, the mighty Thurston Upper School, or community college as it is now. And he was, he was a couple of years ahead of me, but he's also almost like a mythical kind of being at school. This kid, he was so good, he wasn't allowed to play with anyone else at the school. He was only allowed <laughs> to play at Switch Town. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, that's, a, that's an unlikely choice though, actually. It's taken me by surprise. What were you expecting? Uh, I wasn't expecting Scowcroft to be in there. I don't know what else I was expecting, but probably not Scowy in there. Well, he is. He's in. And no Marcus Stewart as well, which is a bit of a surprise. Um, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Fantastic football player. Scored some wonderful goals which are at important times. But mm. it's, I've done this on players that I've really enjoyed watching. And yeah. Cunhago and Cucci brought something a bit more out of me just because of their approach to the game and how they played yeah. it. Um, like. So, yeah, those two. OK. Stewie, who's getting the goals for Team Doctor? Central striker's got to be Daryl Murphy from my yeah. term. The pl- that playoff season, um, 27 goals. Just remarkable. You know, mm. it's, um, I like a big physical front man, someone who can hold it up, someone who can score goals. Someone who can head the ball. So Murphy's in there. Um, he's the pivot for everyone else. And then playing off of him either side. On the left, loan options galore, isn't there? But Ryan, Ryan Fraser gets it for me because not only was he a, a really good footballer, exciting, direct, but he worked his socks off as well. And I'd trust him to do the defensive part of things as well for me. Um, yeah. You know, if Cresswell's bombing on on the overlap, I know I know Ryan's going to be alert to it. Whereas, you know, the other options would have been Lawrence, who I refused to put in because he infuriated me with his with his diving. Yeah. Um, and Selena, who on his day, remarkable, but blew a little bit hot and cold for me. He was a little bit raw still at that stage. Ryan, Ryan Fraser ahead of those two all day long left left midfield right midfield I'm shoehorning him in, in him in a little bit because uh, he's better through the middle but it'll be Martin Waghorn yeah um, set pieces goals um, smile on his face great character as well if we're you know if we're throwing all of those uh, attributes in into the mix um, I loved watching Martin Waghorn play you look back he did one of those soccer AM um Jimmy Bullard drill things and you watched sort of at that period and that was just everything everything he hit was going in he mm. was just he'd come down from Rangers at what a buy he was for 250 grand um, again did, did Ipswich get as much value out of him they messed around they messed around late into that transfer window didn't get the money they wanted um, selling him in the way they did was was criminal really um he was he was ready to move down i did a, an interview with him for kings of anglia magazine he loved suffolk you know he'd been in the goldfish bowl of of um glasgow hated all of that that, that came with it you know has since opened up about sort of mental health problems and stuff and coming down to suffolk was ideal for him and he yeah. loved it down here and he'd moved his family down as well his mum and dad had moved down to to ipswich uh and um, he, you know, he was ready to to stay. Yeah, I, you know, I think the Frank Lampard thing did turn his head. But I think if, you know, if things had been a bit more settled at Ipswich, they they could have convinced him to stay. So that's he's another one that's a, it's a shame that he he left in the circumstances he did. Mm. Okay, have we got subs or are we just staying with the, the starting eleven? Has anyone got subs? I've got, got some subs. Okay, Roscoe, your subs. I'll oh, actually go first if he wants. Okay. You asked for four subs, is that right, Mark? I just thought, just to make it up to 15, yeah. 
Okay, so if, if I've got four subs, no goalkeeper, um, Richard Wright never gets injured, and if he does, he can Matt Holland can go and goal, um, <laughs> which he has done in the past. So my four subs are Chris Makin, Kieran Dyer, Ian Westlake, and Danny Haynes. Okay, talk us through the thinking. Chris Makin is as as rugged a either sided fullback as you can get. He was a hard nut. Um, Big tackler, take no prisoners. Um, Kieran Dyer, a bit of an X factor. Um, don't need to say much more about Kieran Dyer. Ian Westlake, I really enjoyed watching Ian Westlake because of the energy that he played with. Um, constantly running, a bit of a lung buster. And then Danny Haynes is my 85th minute introduction to uh, maybe steal a goal. That's uh, that's the aim with him. Nice, solid. Roscoe, how about your subs? Um, he wasn't great. He wasn't the greatest player, but he was always one. Once again, I liked little players. Jamie Peters. Jamie I Peters. To, I used to love Jamie Peters. It was just, it was just a little, little lad, and he just, yeah. he just ran around and did his best with the ability he had. What happened? Um, he went back to Canada, didn't he? Yeah, he went to Canada. And I think he's now working at a university in Canada. But um, hopefully one day we can track him down and speak Same to him. Let's try and track him down. Absolutely. Okay, Jamie Peters. Yeah. And then uh, Darren Curry. Once yep. again, another another little little lad as well. Well, he wasn't little, but he, for me, he used to try to do step overs, and you know he scored a few goals here and there. Um, my bench isn't the most talented bench, but I thought you know why not? Um, yeah. The next two players that maybe a bit better, uh, Richard Naylor, who Back could play back. in defence or up front, so versatile there. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then final one is Alan Lee. Once again. I was a big fan of strikers, and yeah, Alan Lee was a. I was a big fan of him when he signs, and you know went on to score good, good amount of goals. And once again, he was a big lad up front. We did all right. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay, Stewie, your your backups, your subs. Chopra's my backup striker for all his off-field demons. Yeah. In terms of being a natural finisher, he's up there with the best from what I've seen for Ipswich Town. Um, you give him the service, he'll, he'll score you some goals. And all those that played with him, you know, will tell you in training. I spoke to Scott Loach recently. He was obviously up against him in training all the time and just said his finishing was was unreal. Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll have him as, a, as an option off the bench if I need some goals. I love Johnny Williams. Uh, again, another one blighted by injuries during his time. But when he was fit, fully fit in those first the first loan spell, was it the first two loan spells? I can't quite remember, but memories of him, I can picture him down at Brighton when he was getting absolute dogs abuse from the Palace fans from that slightly weird footballing rivalry. Yeah. Um, and uh, him setting up certainly one of the goals and then it was almost like he'd scored it. He jumped into the, the crowd. He set up one for Murphy, I think, and jumped into the crowd. And, um, you know, we've seen a bit more, I think, People have seen a bit more of his character in the Sunderland Till I Die documentaries. He is a lovely, lovely lad, and uh, I just hope he stays fit. He's, he seems to be playing quite a few games for for Charlton um, this season till it finished. So I, I loved I loved watching him because he would take hits. He would talking about deception. He had this way of kind of receiving the ball at the last minute he would change direction and know that he was going to get hit by a tackle it's probably part of the reason he's had so many injuries because 
he would be fouled so often, but he would jump straight back up. There was no rolling around on the floor. He'd get absolutely side down and he'd be straight up, bounce up off the deck. And that must have been infuriating for the people that were marking him that just couldn't couldn't seem to hurt him. Um, so I'll have him in there. Um, Tommy Smith, just get him in as a, you know, as, as a defensive option, mm-hmm. you know, cares about the club. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll stick uh, Keith Andrews in for a, for a goal threat from midfield as well. Excellent. Good side. Okay, let's let's run just for the crossing the I's and dotting the T's. Let's each go through your team. So Roscoe, your team in full is. Oh, you want me to do it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I haven't been writing it down, mate. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, Kelvin Kelvin Davis in goal. Yep. Uh, Fabio Wilness, Jason DeVos, Christoph Bearer, and Aaron Cresswell. Yeah. Midfield: Tommy Miller, Matty Holland, and Jim Magilton. And then up front, Darren Bent, John Walters and Pablo Canago. And then my bench, Adam Lee, Darren Curry, Jamie Peters. What was my other sub? Oh, I got on already. Uh, Darren Curry. Who was your striker? Oh, Richard Naylor. Bam, bam. Richard Naylor. There you go. Got already. That's team producer Ross. Mm. Hutch Hogan, what's, what's your side in full? Uh, Richard Wright, Mauricio Tarico, Titus Bramble, Tony Mowbray, Herman Horiderson. The same midfield as Ross, Matt Holland, Jim Magilton, Tommy Miller. And a front three of Scowcroft, Shefki Kucci, Pablo Cunyago, Chris Makin, Kieran Dyer, Ian Westlake and Danny Haynes on the bench. Nice. Good side. And then Stewie, finally your team. Stuyakovsky, Edwards, Chambers, Berra, Cresswell, Hughes and Skews. Waghorn, McGoldrick, Fraser, Murphy up top. Subs of Tommy Smith, Keith Andrews, Johnny Williams, Michael Chopra. Nice. That's good, boys. I enjoyed that. We'll put them out on social media and you can have your side. Obviously, let us know what um, your side would be from watching town. Some some really decent players in there. I, I think it's fascinating that over the past few, uh, few years, town have managed to produce two England left-backs. Just... Seems bizarre, doesn't it? They were so, so well stopped in that position. So, yeah, good size. Boys, normally we'd move on to a world record attempt at this point, he says in a blasé manner. Um, but unfortunately, uh, the world records that we, we were going to attempt today, neither of us have got the stuff. Roscoe's going to have a go at eating the uh, the most Jaffa cakes in a minute, which is 17. But unfortunately, Ross hasn't got any Jaffa cakes, unusually. Yeah, yeah. they were all eaten when I was watching the uh, Tiger King. So They were yeah. eaten in training, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then I'm going to have a go at the Cream Crackers world record, but unfortunately I haven't got any Cream Crackers either. So uh, we'll have to put that off till next week. Stewie obviously came within 20 of the world record last week for spinning a pen. And Hutchie, we need to decide what world record you're going to have a go at at some point. Any 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 thoughts, any feelings? Um, I've got a couple of ideas. Leave them with me. Okay. Watch this space. I'm also going to make an executive decision, boys, and normally we'd have a Mark's big question at this point, but because that it, that town teams chat went on for a while, I think we should jump straight into the strike, otherwise this one's going to be a really long podcast, uh, and the people want the strike. They can live without <laughs> MVP. Um, okay. so shall, we, shall we dive straight into the strike? Hutchie, could you uh, do the business with the live intro? Um, yeah. yeah. When you're ready, Ross. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Strike. 
Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth. Producer Ross. There's a reason I don't look at Ross when I'm saying that. Because <laughs> it just makes me laugh. <laughs> Here we go again. Another Monday in self-isolation. Another strike. Can't see your beautiful faces in the flesh. So here we go. You ready? Yeah. Get on okay. with it. Same format as ever. Blast from the past. Trevor Putney turns 60 today. Happy birthday, Trev. But yeah, he was signed by Sir Boy Robson in 1980, but from which Sir Essex... Sir <laughs> Oh, maybe he wasn't Bobby, Bobby then. Probably not. Uh, but yeah, he was... Um, but yeah... In 1980, he was signed from which Essex club? So this is um, a good one for you, Stu. <laughs> so was it Brent, Brentwood Town, Braintree Town, or Billericay Town? Trevor Putney, the uh, Fernando Torres of the 80s. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Billericay, just because I like saying Billericay. Billericay! I'll go Brentwood. Brentwood was where I was born and raised, so Ooh. I'll say them as well. It is or, Brentwood. Yes. Ah. Uh. <laughs> flashback. Yes. Mark Venus turns fifty-three today as well. Does he? Fifty-three. Wow. Fifty-three years old. Would he get close to your team, Hutchie? Uh, he's on my list, but okay. scrubbed out and replaced by Chris Makin because I had a, a flash of Chris Makin. Mark Venus was brilliant, brilliant player. And I think he's another that was underrated as well. Definitely. Yeah, he um, he joined town in July 1997. I was one years old. But from which club? Leicester, Wolves or Middlesbrough? Uh, Middlesbrough. Okay. Middlesbrough? <laughs> <laughs> Wolverhampton it is Wolverhampton Wanderers 2-1-0 uh, not good not good this has come back this time for you though Heathy time yeah, for you absolutely Town were beaten 1-0 by Man City in the FA Cup semi-final in 1981 that was Kevin Beatty's last game nice little fun fact for you uh, but which team did they lose against in the final that year? Which team did Man City lose against in the final in 1981? Was it Spurs, Everton or Manchester United? It was Spurs. That's the Ricky Villa final, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Spurs. <laughs> Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Yeah. Numbers game. Now. It's now two years this week since Mick McCarthy took charge of his last game of town, which was a 1-0 win against Barnsley. But how many games did he win as town boss in his 297 games? No, 79 games, sorry. 279 games, Mick McCarthy. He won uh, 75. Okay. 82. Uh, 8.90 He actually won more He won 105 Ah, oh, 
So yeah, Stu gets the point. Sorry, Mick. Is it level now then? Mm, yes, I think. But, but not including you, Mark. No, <laughs> I'm happy this week, boys. It's between you to go on for glory, I think. There you go. Final question for the numbers game. John Stead turns 37 this week. How many goals did he score for the Blues in 67 games? Of because I'm, I've got no hope. I'll go first. Um, how many games he played? Sorry, 60? 60. 67. I think he scored 13 goals. Okay. 18. Well, I was going to say 19, but then I seem like an idiot for just being the one that adds one. Uh, I'm going to say 19 anyway. I'm going to be that idiot. You are right to be an idiot because it's 20. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Unnecessary. <laughs> is that it then? Is Hutchie won? Hutchie's won. Ah! There is, um, there is a tiebreaker if you want it. Yeah, come on, let's do it. We okay. always want the tiebreaker. Yes. How many calories are there in a topic? <laughs> <laughs> How many mints do I have left in this packet? <laughs> I'll, I'll joke. joke got 11, 11 mints there. <laughs> oh, that's, that's incorrect. But no. Uh, who did Town beat? In the semi-final of the Texco Cup in 1973, was it Newcastle, St Johnston, or Leicester City? Uh, Leicester City. Okay. <laughs> Did you just say yes, Ross? No. All right. New- <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle. Uh, did St Johnston play in the Texco Cup? They did. Sorry, my ignorance. Well, then I'll go with them. It's Newcastle. Ah, Stewie. Um, Archie sure. solidifies his victory there. Yeah, pretty much. There you go. Thank you very much for another edition of The Strike. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Pleasure. Superb. I enjoyed that, boys, as ever. Now then, we've got to get on. We've got another week in isolation ahead of us. Is there anything you wish to discuss before we return to our self-isolation stations? Uh, no other business. No other business. No other business. Okay, that just leaves me then to say um, hit subscribe on your various podcast providers if you can. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that helps us very much in the chart. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with another mailbag special, so get your questions in for that. We'll put the teams out uh, the boys have picked as well and let us know what you make of those. Most importantly, please continue to stay safe, stay at home, keep washing them hands, and also, if anyone out there is struggling mental health-wise and needs a little pick-me-up, just hit us on the DM on Twitter, Kings of Anglia, we will do our best to lift your spirits with some nonsense. Boys, we shall take our leave. I shall speak to you again at some point today. For the rest of the Kings of Anglia Army, have a good first part of the week and we'll speak to you again on Thursday. And now we're hitting the KOA Club. Mine's a scotch. From true crime to football, Brexit to postal, for more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
great podcast from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.